Greater Destiny International Ministries, Pursuing Your Destiny Broadcast. The purpose of this ministry is to empower the people of God to pursue higher heights and deeper depths in Him. As Philippians 3 and 14 states, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We encourage you to press towards that mark as well as you pursue your destiny. Raise your level of expectations as Pastor Ruben Spade leads you into pursuing the destiny that God has for you. Let's go into the message. The Lord to have his way. We want to go to the book of Joel today, the second chapter. I want to read two, uh, well, let's, let's get three verses there uh, from Joel 2 verses 12 um, and start at verse 12. And we're just going to see what the Lord is speaking to us today. I I, I'm, 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 I have a, such a spirit of expectancy and excitement about this year. You, you ever just feel like something good is about to happen and uh, you can't really put your finger on it and you can't really uh, say where it's coming from, but God just gives you this peace that, that something great is about to happen. And that's what I'm believing with expectation that this year, no matter what 2017 offered, amen, I'm believing with expectation uh, that God is going to do some great things for his people in the year of 2018. Joel 2 verses 12, it says, verse 12, it says this, Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. Verse 13 says, and rend your heart and not your garments and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. And it says this, and repenteth him of the evil. Verse 14 says, who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him? Anybody need to leave a blessing behind him? It says, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, the hearers, and the doers of his word. Amen. As you take your seat today, look at somebody just simply tell them, I'm believing for better. Amen. If that's you, come on and put your hands together and bless God. I'm believing for better i need just need, i just need a few sanctified folks just to shout out better that's 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 what i'm believing god for is better you believe that sister mary better we we believe in him for for better 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 to to really to really say we're believing god for better uh, let us define what we see the word better to mean when when i'm looking for better I, I'm believing for something that is more desirable or more favorable than the circumstance before. When, I, when I'm looking for better, that means that uh, when I'm believing for better, that means that what I'm going to uh, is more favorable than where I've been. When, I, when, I, when I'm looking for better, I'm not looking for the same old, same old. But my mindset is something being at a higher level than what I had. Case in point, if you were going to look for a better vehicle, would you go find the exact same car with the same problems your others will have? Or would you go search for something that is a step above what you already have? See, I believe with all this in my heart, God desires for us to be at a place called better. But what I found is, is that many times we become complacent with being an average. 
We've come up, we've, we've learned to deal with mediocrity. We've learned to, to just settle with less than what God has for us. But in this season of my life, and, and I just need a few people to run with me. I don't, I don't need everybody. I just need, I just need a few believers that can just connect with me in faith to say, God, God, we are believing you for better, but for better than what I, what I went through last year, for better than what I experienced on last year, for, for, for better than what I had to work with. I, I'm just believing God for better. I just believe there's a place called better that has my name on it. I believe that there's a territory. I believe that there's some stuff. I, I believe that there's some opportunities that God has set aside. Watch this, not being to be not trying to be personal or trying to be stingy, but I believe there's some stuff God just has for me. I believe there's some stuff with my name on it. Y'all ain't hearing me. I'm trying not to rush myself, but I feel the Holy Ghost. I, I believe that there's some stuff I ain't got to fight over. I believe there's some stuff I ain't got to struggle through. I believe there's some things I ain't got to deal with. Why? Because all I got to do is show up to a place called better. And God says, I has it. I have it in store for you. Somebody shout better. If you ain't believing God for better, what are you believing him for? You, if, you're con, if you're content with average i don't i'm okay with this relationship uh, he, he ain't the best and he don't always treat me right but but at least i got somebody the devil is a liar you can do bad all by yourself now if god is who you say he is in your life you mean to tell me god ain't got nobody better for you okay i'm finished when it gets hurt somebody right here you got to make up in your mind i refuse to settle for less than what god is already destined for me to have if i gotta wait a while i'll wait before i settle for anything less than what god has for me one more time somebody shout better Talk about this better, better. There's nothing like starting out a new year. And I know people that set resolutions and people that make vows and promises. I know in the past few years, we, we want to give people a bad rap because when they set these vows at the beginning of the new year, we want to talk about them. Well, ain't nobody going to walk it out and why you had to wait to the new year. But listen, I, I see it from a different perspective. I, I see it for the simple fact that at least people recognize that I need to do something different. And if it takes the first of the year to really cause my light bulb to come on, then so be it. Because I would rather them make the changes at the beginning of the year than to just continue to live year after year with the same issues. So when people say, listen, I want to lose weight at the beginning of the year, I'd be like, more power to you, let's do it. When people say, I want to change my life at the beginning of the year, I'm like, good. People say, you know what, I'm going to start going to church. I celebrate that. Why? Because they realize within themselves that they are not content where they are. See, see, nothing is wrong with starting out this new year saying, you know what, God, this year I want to be a better man. I want to be a better woman than I was on last year. Nothing is saying I want to be a better parent. Nothing is saying I want to walk, have a closer walk with you. Nothing is wrong with saying I want to read my Bible more. I want to pray more. I, want, I really want to live for you like never before. Nothing is wrong with that. But nevertheless, as we enter into this new year, here's the truth of the matter. Some of us are still faced with the dilemma of having to deal with some of last year's problems. <laughs> because once uh, we said Happy New Year, some of our issues cross right over into 2018. Okay, let, let's be real about this thing. Okay, just because you were broke 
uh, right at the end of 2017 doesn't mean as soon as we say Happy New Year, all of a sudden your bank account changed. Because the truth be told, when you looked at your bank account on January the 1st, you say, man, it's the same thing it was on December 31st. Why? Because watch this. There's some things it's going to take God more than just a new year to change. So some of the problems you're facing right now, it ain't new stuff. It's stuff that's crossed over. Now, some of this is our fault. We allowed it to cross over from 2013 to 2014 to 2015, 2016, 2017. And we're still dealing with some of the same stuff. Why? Because we refuse to make some of the necessary changes for our lives to be better. So I was preparing for today's message. God spoke in my spirit today and he says, he says, tell the people that he's going to deal with your problem. Yeah, all those problems that crossed over in the 2017, he, he's going to handle them. He gonna, he's going to see about, uh, crossed over in 2018, he's going to see about them. He's going he gonna to deal with those particular issues. But he says, before, 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 before he deals with your problems, he wants to deal with you. Ooh, wait a minute, God. I, I prayed for the problems. I didn't, I didn't pray for you to deal with me because if the truth be told, God, God got some work he still need to do. Let me just speak for me on me. Maybe I'm the only one. Anybody else don't mind testifying saying I'm not a finished product yet. I, God is still working on me. That doesn't mean I'm not like whole saved and like really saved, but there's some things in me that God is still working out of me. Okay, what do you mean? Yeah, you still say, but you like drama. God still, God still working on you. You still say, but you're still jealous of folk. Come on, God still working on you. You say, but but yet you don't like to see another man come up. Come on, you 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 say, but but yet yeah, you've got some unforgiveness, some things that God still working. Am I talking true? Cause y'all getting real quiet right now. You you say, but yet God is still dealing with you. In his own special way. He says, so, yeah, I'm going to handle your problems, but I'm going to handle you first. Why is that, God? Why is that? Because some of your problems will change when you change. Oh, my God. Tell somebody, he's preaching already. He's preaching, yeah. yeah I said, See, some of your problems going to shift when you shift. Because the truth be told, some of the problems we're facing are our own fault. Hmm. Anybody made some bad choices that you're still trying to walk out? Okay. Um, anybody made some wrong choices that yet uh, you're still trying to figure this thing out and work your way through? Yeah, yeah, but God says, in the midst of me handling your problems, I got your problems. I'm bigger than your problems. But what I want to do is I want to deal with you. Scripture tells us in uh, the book of um, Joel, the second chapter, and backing up even to the first chapter, it, it uses the children of Israel as a good example for us. Because if anybody had problems in this text, they had problems. What kind of problems did they have? I'm so glad you asked. One thing they were dealing with is that uh, they had gone through a season of drought. Gone through a season of lack. Because locusts and other insects had invaded them and destroyed their crops. Food was scarce. I don't know how they were, but when you mess with my food, it's already a bad day. Food was scarce, so therefore they're not eating well. They're not, they're not in good health. Why? Because all these insects have attacked their crops. Not only that, but there was a constant threat of attacks as well as attacks from outside enemies. Maybe this ain't everybody, but anybody got some enemies or some things that are against you 
that are trying his best to break you down and to wear you down and to keep you from prospering and to keep you from growing. Can I get a show of hands? There anybody got some situations that are an enemy to what God is trying to do in your life and every day you got to stay prayed up because that enemy, if not careful, can come in through a back door and catch you. Okay, anybody got that enemy? Uh, watch this. Ain't necessarily on the outside of the house, but it's the enemy that's Okay, it's that enemy that surrounds you. I just need a few of y'all to be real to say, Pastor, it ain't even the enemy around me, but sometimes it's that enemy that seems to be within me. Because when I try to do good, evil is always. I said I wasn't gonna cuss. I said I wasn't gonna fight, but something on the inside rose up. I'm so glad I'm talking to a room full of such saved folk today because some of y'all looking like I have no idea what you're talking about. But to the, those of you that'll be real right now and say, I ain't only fighting with some devils around me. There's some devils trying to deal on the end. See, see, I'm talking to the folk that don't wake up every morning saying, Lord, I'm just glad to be saved, sanctified, full of the Holy Ghost. Who can I bless today? Who can I witness to today? I'm talking about them saints that say, Lord, you know I got to go to that workplace. And if they say one more slick thing today, pastor just going to have to come see about me because I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. I'm going to make up for old and new. I got some stuff from 2014. I've been wanting to tell them. I'm just talking about the real saint that don't always feel like you say sanctified full of the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. I'm talking to the saints that say, God, I don't even know right now. I think I got it. But sometimes I don't even know if I have it. I, God, some thoughts going through my mind right now. Because there's a battle that we are constantly fighting. And if you ain't fighting a battle, I'm trying to decide who team you on. Because you ain't fighting the devil. If the devil ain't fighting you, then maybe. Okay, you, you read between the lines. You read between the lines. But there's warfare that is taking place. And so as we look at the children of Israel, they were going through major warfare. Major warfare. So they, the crops is messed up. The, the enemy attacking. Watch this. Even when the enemy attacked sometimes, he would burn up the, the other crops that was left. Why? Because you starve a person. Yeah, you're going to break them down. He will burn up the, the orchards and, and, and mess with the crops and, and all types of things like this that they were dealing with. So they were dealing with some major problems. Nothing was growing. Animals were dying. But, but because of these problems, it caused them to be discouraged. Can, can anybody just testify and say every now and then we're just a little discouraged by some stuff? All right. Anybody ever prayed for some stuff and God didn't move and it kind of left you discouraged or, or, or just be truthful. I know you're real safe and deep, but, but have you ever looked at somebody else being blessed and, and then, and then you still waiting and, and then somebody else getting blessed and, and you still waiting and, and then somebody else door opening for them and you shouting for everybody else. Oh, did he do it? And y'all shouting it and, and God made a way. You got the job and then you sit there at the house like, now God. I ain't trying to be some kind of way about this thing. But anybody else, God, when is it going to be my time? I'm, I'm tired of showing up to everybody else's praise party. I'm ready to have a party of my own and somebody show up for me. See, reality of this thing, sometimes we get discouraged. You go through trial, after trial, after issue, after problem, 
after double problems, after triple issues, and you got to deal with all this stuff and try to walk this thing out by faith. So here's the thing I want to bring to your attention here. Um, none of this stuff that they were dealing with just happened. Why? Why did it happen? Well, one reason is because God allowed it. Okay. Um, why did he allow it? Because people that knew better consciously made a decision to do what they felt like they wanted to do. Hmm, y'all with me? The reason all this stuff in the text was happening, it's a simple reason. It's because the people of God had turned away from God, and now God was bringing judgment upon the people. Oh, pastor, don't preach judgment. Preach about mercy. Preach about grace. We're going to talk about that. But first, we got to deal with judgment. Because in today's church, sometimes I think if we're not careful, we paint people this picture that God is just so good and, and God loves you and, and God's going to always take care and God's going to always make a way. And, and he is he has the characteristics of all of those. But there's sometimes God says, I will not bring you out. Why? Because you shouldn't have never got in there in the first place. Because the reason you're in there is because of a decision you made on your own. Can I be truthful? Some stuff we praying and we saying it's the devil. It ain't the devil. It's judgment. Oh, what, what do you mean? God says enough was enough and he moved his hand. See, see, I think, you know, we, we, we've gotten come to church down the path. I, ain't, I don't have a problem with church attendance and people come to church. What I have a problem with is, is are we changing as we come to church? Because watch this. I, I know pastor don't be in your business. I, I promise you, I don't try to run you down. And, but, but, but we live in Douglas and, and, and I got something called the Holy Ghost and, and Holy Ghost give discernment. And, and I know you ain't doing what you're supposed to do. And you, we come into the altar and we pouring oil and we praying and we're doing this and you did all of that because you got caught up in a moment. But you never had an intention to change. You just wanted to come out of your current situation. Okay, all right. In other words, give me a quick fix, but don't change my addiction. No, no, no. Don't help me with my struggle. In other words, give me what I need right now because as soon as you release me, I'm going right back to do things that I know I'm not supposed to do. Watch this. And as long as pastor don't see me, I'm okay. The devil is a liar because pastor ain't all seeing. You can hide from me, but there's one you can't hide from. When, when will our light come on? I know we're smart people. I know we're intelligent people. I know we're wise people. When would this light come on and say, you know what? If I ever want some things to change in my life, I got to change my ways. God is tired of blessing mess. Using gifts, but messy. Operating in the church, but messy. Saying we're doing things to the name of God, but messy. Listen, it's 2018. We know better by now. And there's some things, watch this, the spirit revealed is going to hit our houses that folks ain't going to be able to pray off. 
Why? Because when God's judgment, when God bless, can't nobody curse. But when God curse, can't nobody bless. Help me, help me. Do you remember the time when Moses got ready to pray for the children of Israel and God basically told him, Moses, you're wasting your time. My mind is made up. You've, I've shown grace to these people too many times and now I'm going to bring judgment to their house. When will we wake up and say, I'm so tired of what's happening in my house. If, you, if you're really concerned about your daughter that is going astray, if you're really concerned about that son that ain't acting right, if you're really concerned, you'll change your life. Because there's some things that go from generation. Y'all don't like this kind of preaching. Well, get ready. This is the 2018 Pastor Spade. Let me tell you. You, you you've got to realize that there's some things ain't going to change until you change. So, so we play this role that church people want to see. But knowing I'm going back to a life of sin. But when God brings judgment, when judgment hits our house, we can cry all we want. We can pray all, you want, all we want. But until God gets ready to show mercy, we're going to be stuck in that situation. So, so they brought these things on themselves. And there again, they were people that knew better of what they were doing. But they decided to be out of the will of God. Are y'all with me? As I look at this passage, make me look at where our nation is. Make me look at where our city is. Our community. Our church. Our homes. And some things that we're dealing with is judgment. Yeah, you, all these natural disasters. Well, no, it was a shifting in the tectonic plates and it was the, uh, it was the global warming and all. Do we not remember who created all of this? And this same God, when he got tired of the way the children of Israel was cutting up, he opened the earth. You can call it an earthquake. You could cause a, a, a shifting of the plates, whatever you want to call it, scientifically. He opened up the earth and swallowed thousands upon thousands of people. Now, modern day, we'll just say it was a freak of nature. It was something happened. But who controls nature? All these illnesses? Do we think maybe some of this stuff is God's judgment? We got diseases we ain't never heard of before. Stuff coming about all these different strands of flu and you get this flu shot, but it didn't cover the new flu that came out. And, and then you got the old flu shot, not knowing it's a new one that's going on. And you got all kind of pneumonia and, and like my, like my, um, like my auntie say, pneumonia and ammonia that's getting on people these days. All this stuff changing. And when will we recognize there's a God that's greater than us, that's smarter than us. And sometimes God get tired of our mess. We're, we're always at the threat of war. We're always at the threat of other countries wanting to do things to us. Our community is reaching certain levels and statistics with things that are going on in our community. We never thought we would have. Our homes are broken. Our families are scattered. And yet we still not open up our eyes and say, maybe we're not doing what we're supposed to do. God, God, God gets tired. Our life is already but a vapor. Do you not know that I don't care how many alarm clocks you set? That if God make up in the middle of his mind in the middle of the night, you're not going to wake up. You can be in perfect health. 
But if God says it's over, it's over. Just like that. God reminded us today. He says, let's make sure that what we're dealing with is not a result of judgment because of what we brought on ourselves. Watch this. Isaiah 5 and 20 in the Message Bible says, Doom to you who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness in place of light and light in place of darkness, who substitutes bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. What, what, what are you saying in this day? Everybody has the freedom to state their opinion, voice their grievances, and stand on their rights, except the church. Isn't it, isn't it amazing that people can say what they want to say, but when the church says something, then we hate them. And we're and we're 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 prejudiced against people and we're we're biased towards people. No, the truth of the word don't change. But the day we live in, when you speak out for Christ, people look at you like you're wrong. No, I don't I don't celebrate that. What? No, I, I just don't celebrate that. I, I didn't tell you not to, I'm telling you I don't. You're gonna deprive your kids of that? I don't see it depriving my kid. Well, everybody else celebrating, go right ahead. I, I don't mind standing out. I've been, I've been picked out to be picked on anyway. It didn't make a difference at this time. But have you ever made a decision to tell somebody the right thing to do? But there were so many people telling you, like, acting like you were wrong. You said, baby, that ain't your husband. As a matter of fact, he told people he ain't never going to try to marry you. Baby, he ain't even divorced from his last relationship. But you say, but he loved me. And God told me he was going to be my husband. And then you got all them people around the girl. Keep praying. Don't worry about what they saying. God going to make a way for you. Ba baby, how, how are you going to pray for somebody else's property? How are you going to pray against something God ordained, which is marriage? You're going to tell God, I don't like the marriage you put together. So break it up and give it to me and let us get married. Okay, my amen is getting thin right there. We, we, when we speak out on truth, when we say, listen, God created Adam and Eve and he created them to be man and female and to be married. And you speak out on, you believe that the sanctity of marriage should be kept between a man and a woman. You the bad guy. You the bad guy when you speak on. Listen, I, I, I raised my children up in the admonition of the Lord. They don't go everywhere. They don't do everything. You can let them kids go somewhere. No, you let your kids go somewhere. I'm told mine to be in at a certain time. There are certain things they ain't going to do. And you ain't going to make me feel like a bad parent because I told my child no. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't buy a car before I test drive it. Y'all know where I'm going with that. Have, have you ever gone to a car lot and bought a car? Well, I'm, I'm talking about a marriage, not a car. So if you look at your wife like a car, so be it. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to marry a woman of God, so I'm going to treat her like a woman of God. In other words, God knew who he had for me, and I ain't got to test drive nothing. That means, God, I don't trust you. That means, let me check it out myself before I put my seal over the devil. So you mean I got to sin and then get before y'all and ask God to bless it? 
Isn't it, isn't it amazing? And I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. But isn't it amazing that, that we rehearse everything else in uh, for the wedding, um, for the wedding ceremony, but, but the least thing we put time on are the vows? We talk about how we're going to walk in, how we're going to spin around. We talk about how they got to turn you and how they got to dip you and now how you stand on the third step and then how you back up and then at every time we salute and then how we practice all of that for three hours and then we run through the vows and say at this part you say this, this, and this, and this, and this, and everybody like, all right, the vows is what's going to keep you because you can turn, you can dip, you can do all this stuff, but if your relationship ain't right, we put more value in the ceremony than the vows. That's the world that we live in. I know people that spent thousands upon thousands of dollars that stay together one month because they put on for the people. Now, both of them got debt and they see each other madder than ever because we had to split that $10,000 debt in a marriage that we knew we wasn't going to work, but we tried to prove something to somebody. Are y'all hearing me? It's, it's, it's this last day mentality that's causing the church to back up and not stand on our principles and all our morals because we're afraid that we're going to offend somebody. If the gospel don't offend you every now and then, I ain't doing you no service. If we don't leave this church and say, you know what, I got to do better than what I did on yesterday, guess what? Please find you another church to go to that somebody's going to preach you truth. If I want to tell you good stuff all the time and it never cuts us, if it never challenges us, then that's not the gospel. The gospel is going to make you uncomfortable. Anybody been getting the truth? The truth hurt. You wanted to get up, but you knew the truth was good for you. So you sat there and you took the truth, kind of like that castor oil we had to take. You hated to swallow it, but you knew it was going to help you. So I'm trying to help you here. Sometimes things going to hurt you before it help you. I don't want to see nobody die and go to hell. I thought we was preaching about believing for better. I am. It's going to get better. I promise you it's going to get better. So, so could, could, could what we're dealing with personally, nationally, community-wide, city-wide, could it be judgment? Because God just says, I'm tired. When he got tired of Sodom and Gomorrah, he gave him warning. He says, if I can, and this is scary. He said, if I can find 50 righteous people, can you imagine a city like Douglas? And God says, I need you to just go find 50 people that's living right. If you find 50, I'll save the whole city. If you can't go through the city of Douglas and find 50 folk that living right, we got a major problem. They couldn't even find, was it 10? Huh? They couldn't find 10. That means every preacher, every mother, Every elder, every prophet and prophetess, you mean to tell me when nobody in the city? And God says, because you can't find that, because these people doing anything, he burned the whole city down. But there was a woman that couldn't walk away from the sin. And she began to peek back. The Bible says judgment hit her right there. She was turned into a pillar of salt. God is serious about living right. And he's serious about us holding up a stand up before him. 
He's serious about, listen, he's going to bring judgment and it's going to hit the church too. Don't think judgment is just going to hit the world. Judgment is going to start at the church. Pastor, what are you talking about? Can we get the better? All right, we're going to get the better. We're going to get the better. We're going to get better. God, God has a solution to turn this around. Because if what I preached on thus far may seem like it's hopeless, may seem like it's dark, may seem like we can't change. But in Joel 2, verses 12 through 14, he says, Therefore also now saith the Lord. God said this. He says, Turn ye even to me with all your heart, with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. He says, Y'all turn. He says, Rend your heart and not your garments. When we look at it in one translation, he says, uh, It's not too late. Tell your neighbor, it ain't too late. I'm going to always preach you a message of hope. It's not too late. He says, come back to me and really mean it. He says, all you got to do is make a U-turn and come back to me and have a sincere heart that you want to do right. He says, come fasting and weeping. Sorry for your sin. See, it's one thing to be sorry for getting caught. It's another thing to be sorry that you did it. Sometimes we cry because we got caught. We were fine until they caught us and they put us on the front page of the paper. Now we feel really bad about this. Why? Because we were embarrassed. But are you embarrassed when ain't nobody seeing you? He says, he says come to me uh, and repent. Uh, change your heart. Cry out before me. He says, uh, change your life, not just your clothes. <laughs> you know, I, I, we got a holy look. If I wear a certain outfit, I look so holy right now. But there are going to be some good-looking, holy-looking folk that's going to miss God if they ain't careful. A long skirt don't make you holy. My God. A three-piece suit don't make you holy. How do I know? Because I wear my jeans, my T-shirt, and my Nikes to Walmart. And I slay a demon right there in Walmart and ain't afraid of none of them. It ain't about the suit that you wear. It's about what's going on on the inside. So what the church got to get over is stop looking at people for what they wear on the outside and judging people by what they wear on the outside and being attracted to people by what they wear on the outside and begin to check people's heart. Yeah, we, we caught up in the wrong stuff. We're looking at the outer piece. He said, don't, he said, that ain't what I want you to change. I want you to change your heart. Because if you get a change of heart, everything else about your life is going to change. Are y'all hearing me? Verses in Joel 2, 15 and 17 says, blow the ram's horn trumpet. He said, declare a day of repentance. Oh man, we, we don't hear that no more. A holy fast day. What, what are we on? We're on a holy fast. He says, declare that. He says, call a public meeting. Get everyone there. Consecrate the congregation. Make sure the elders are there. Bring the children, the nursing babies, the men and women. He says, even the men and women that are on their honeymoon. He said, tell them to come home and to have this public meeting. Why? Because they need to get some things straight. Are y'all hearing me? He says, but verse 17 says, between the sanctuary entrance and the altar, he says, let the priests, the God's servants, weep tears of repentance. Does anybody cry because you're convicted these days? We, we live in a callous world. Folk can lie to you, talk about you, murder you with their tongue, and then smile at you like they ain't did nothing wrong. How, how, how do you talk about me and then get with me and try to talk to me? How, 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 do, we, how do we start the mess? 
And then smile in my face like you don't know what's going on. How you know there's a trap that's set for me? And then see me on Sunday and not even say, hey, you might want to check yourself. How do we say we really love people and we let people just die in their sins and in their mess, and yet we don't even try to check on them or to see about them? We live in a callous world where people's hearts have become hardened and people don't want to change out of their ways and they got too much pride to say that we wrong and that we need to be delivered. But I believe there's a remnant of folk that says, God, let me be honest with you. I never said I had it all together. I never said it. I was perfect. I never said that I didn't need help. And as a matter of fact, if you helping anybody, here I am, God, I need to be touched. I need to be changed. I need to be delivered from some stuff. I need my mind renewed. I need to be restored because I realize I'm not where I need to be in you. So, so, so I knew, I knew coming in this, wouldn't be no popular message today. But thank God, I ain't never been stuck on popularity. But if I could preach a message that just calls somebody, maybe if it don't even hit you right now, but on your way home or when you get home, I pray that the Holy Ghost begin to deal with your spirit and say, do I need to change some stuff in my life? Do I need to cry out before God? Do I need to come off of my high horse and let God deal with me? Do I need to stop faking for these people like I really got it together when I know I'm struggling? Do I need to take this mask off because it's not Halloween anyway and I'm not supposed to celebrate that? Can I need to take this mask off and just be me and show these people that I'm broken, I'm scared, I'm dealing with some major issues and I need Need God to help me. One of the most judgmental places that that's become to be the most judgmental is the church. We act like we ain't never been through anything. So we had a nerd to talk about somebody else's downfall and struggle. <laughs> but uh, take heed, lest you fall. Because uh, I found out you can be up today, down tomorrow. You can be in seclusion on today and be in a scandal on tomorrow. It don't take but that quick for your whole life to change. God gives us his promise, and I'm taking my seat. We'll, we'll run and we'll shout next week, maybe. Um. We got to handle first things first. He tells us in Joel 2, and you, you can read it. Um, if you go to verse 17 and you start dealing that area, um, until we repent, some things ain't going to change. Until you repent, some things ain't going to change. God still desires us to be honest and to be open before him. People that see, I need to be changed. When God covered this in this text, he said, I want the oldest, but he also said, I want the youngest. I want everybody. He says, I want the priests and the ministers. I want the, the elders of the church. Um, in today's time, I want the choir member, I want the ushers, I, I want culinary, I want the stewards, I, 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 want, I want the media department, I, I, want, I want everybody that, 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 that works 
in the church. I need all of them. I need the people that visit the church. I need even the babies. I want you to bring your babies to me. And he says, I, I want all of y'all to come together, and I want y'all to fast, and I want you to weep, and I want you to cry out for your sins. I do believe in this church, in the church today, that people don't cry out enough for repentance and, and travail, for change. We've got this, I want it done quick, and we see all about ourselves, but we're not concerned about everybody else. But let, let me help you. If everything is good in your house, are you travailing and crying out for somebody else that is going through? Because all of us in this room know somebody that's still locked up and bound in sin. And, and do your heart, does your heart cry out for them when you see them and you know that if some things don't change, it's a good likelihood that they're going to go to hell? Does your, does that, do you have compassion in your spirit that when you see them, to say, you you know what? Maybe I can deliver the word of encouragement to get them out of their situation. You know why? Because one day somebody spoke a word of encouragement to you that brought you out of the mess that you were in. So how can we forget some of the stuff that God brought us out of? He says, I want you to get everybody together. I want you to repent. I want you to pray. I want you to fast. So, so that's why it's important right now, greater destiny. I don't want you to see this year's fast and consecration and prayer time as just another year. If we see the fast as only taking away food that you like to eat, we got to go a little bit deeper. If we dread a fast and we dread prayer, that lets us know that our flesh is out of control. If we find ways to beat this solemn call that God is calling us to and we dread it and we don't have any love for it and we, we, we don't see a reason for it and we try everything we can to kick against it, then maybe, maybe our flesh needs to be dealt with. And I'm not talking to anybody right there. Why? Because see, this fast, this fast does some major things for us. Because um, if you're like me, there are times we can get so busy with stuff. Anybody get busy living life but what do you mean your job your family uh your career you in school we try and do all this stuff and, and, and i just need some honest people say there are times when i'm doing all this stuff but my personal relationship has suffered in the meantime you can get so busy preaching to everybody else that you don't allow god to speak to you anymore Sometimes with the cares of life, things begin to get our attention and we start drifting and God calls us back to where we need to be. That's the importance of our fasting and our prayer. The proclaimed fast, one like we're having today, it brings us to a place where we can hear from God. Anybody need to hear from God in this season of your life? Not, not, not what somebody else said or not what, what may be a good idea because every good idea ain't a God idea. You, you need godly direction in this season of your life. When you fast and when you pray, it gets us focused. It gets us united so that we can all move in the same direction towards God. Ain't nothing like a good fast that'll consecrate you. Mm. Fasting is purposeful. What do you mean? When you fast, first thing is an act of worship. You're saying, God, I love you more than I love this food, social media, whatever that thing is that's distracting you from seeing God. Some of y'all need to fast from some folk. Because you do all right until you get with them. 
if it came up, it must be in here. Some of y'all in these next 21 days need to cut that phone off. You stop answering certain calls. Stop listening to certain stuff. Why? Because that's the distraction to keep you from growing in God. Right now, if I can ask you personally, what's distracting you from your personal growth? You know exactly what it is. You know what it is. You know what keeps you from reading. Many times it's our phone. Many times our favorite show. Many times it's people that stay too involved in our lives. And we don't hear from God the way we need to. So fasting is an act of worship. It's seeking help and direction from God. One thing fasting would do, it will humble you. When you fasting, you don't even like drama. You don't even like dealing with other people's issues. Why? Because when that flesh breaks down, you just, Lord, I just thank you for another day. Lord, I thank you that you allowed me to see uh, see another day. I'm, I'm so weak. My flesh so weak. But guess what? It does something to your spirit, man. What it does is it brings our life back into a place of balance. Y'all hear me? Fasting brings our life back into balance. Sometimes we can be so heavy on one side, but yet we're missing our personal growth in God. So the more we fast and the more we pray, it brings our life into a place about where we're not so carnal, so fleshly, but we become more spiritual. Anybody want to be a little bit more spiritual? A little, you want you be a little bit more intact to the in tune to the voice of God because when you become when you fast, it humbles you. It makes you more sensitive to His voice. When you hump, when you fast, you show something else to do. It'll, it'll expose your weaknesses so that God can deal with them. If you really give God this thing, he'll deal with your spirit in such a way you say, you know what? There's some areas I'm struggling in, and I realize it during this fast. God, if you just help me through it. And God will touch you right there in the midst of that fast. Do y'all believe that? I see the saints struggling, so I'm going to close right here. Get talking about judgment. Then, it, Lord, I'm going to close my ears right there. Nudge your neighbor and say, wake up. Come on, you got to do better now. You sound sleep yourself. Nudge up. Do it with some excitement. Say, wake up. I love y'all. I really do. I really do. God has a promise for us. If you ain't shout over nothing else, y'all help me shout for the promise. When you seek God, when you commit to fasting and prayer, when you repent and get yourself together, tell your neighbor, get yourself together. Tell them, no, nah, for real, this year, get yourself together. Now, if they look at you like, what? You need to tell them again. Tell them, I mean it. Get yourself. Come on, get yourself together. When you get yourself together and get what God wants you to be, don't you, do you not believe God is not going to bless you because you obeyed him and did what you were supposed to do? What Joel 2 and 23 tells us, he says, be glad then, ye children of Zion. He says, rejoice in the Lord your God. He said, for he hath given you the former, the former rain moderately. He says, and will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain. And watch when he says it. It's going to happen when? Y'all, somebody should have lost it right there. Somebody should have lost it right 
He says, if you do what I tell you to do, if you, if you repent, if you seek my face, if you turn away from those things, if you pray, if you fast, if you get your life in order, he says, I'll get the former rain. The former rain happened before you planted the crops. He says, so before you sow the seed, I'm going to send the rain. The first rain is to prepare the ground for the seed that you're about to plant. In other words, he says, I'm going to rain down a blessing that's going to set the tone for what I'm about to do in your life. Y'all ain't hearing this. He says, so the former rain is going to come. It's going to set the tone. Then what you're supposed to do is plant your seed. You plant your seed, and just like any faithful farmer, you watch the harvest. Tell somebody, you got to protect your seed in this season. In other words, everybody can't tamper with my seed. Everybody can't play with this seed. Everybody can't come around my garden. I'm trying to grow some stuff. Everybody can't be just hanging around what I'm trying to grow in my life. In other words, I got to protect this thing. He says, now, the former rain going to come. It's going to set it up. You're going to plant the seed. But watch this. The latter rain going to come too. This bless my soul. I said, well, God, help me with the latter rain. He says, the latter rain comes right before you reap the harvest. He says, in other words, I'm going to send the rain so that before you reap your harvest, he says, I'm going to make sure that it has everything it needs in excess to make sure that when your harvest comes forth, it ain't just going to be an ordinary harvest. It's going gonna, it's gonna to produce overflow. Somebody shout overflow. He says, I'm going to send the rain in such a way that you planted this seed, but you never thought you were going to get this return. He says, but when I rain on it and when I bless it, you're going to get more out of it than what you put in it. Y'all ain't trying to help me. I just need a few people to shout for every tear that you put in the ground, for every cry that you had to give God, for every praise that you put in the ground, for every worship that you put in the ground. He says, because when I bless Bless you. I'm about to blow your mind. If you thought 2017 was great, then you better get your eyes set on what 2018 is about to be. You ought to stand to your feet and shout, I got a seed in the ground. When I got a seed in the ground, that means that my harvest don't break forth. Somebody shout any day now. Listen, God's going to bless us such a way listen you ain't got to make excuses for this next blessing god about to bring down you ain't got to try to explain to people why it happened to you why because when you got your life lined up when you repented of your wrongdoing and you gave god your everything listen you opened the door for blessing to come your way next verse what's 24 say let me see 24 10 24 24 he says and the floors shall be full of wheat and the vats shall there it is again overflow with wine and oil both of those are expensive he says i'm gonna bless you in such a way that what you produce is gonna be greater than what you've ever seen before he says your flow is gonna be full of the wheat he says but watch this where you're holding the wine and the oil he says it's about to overflow so well, god speak to me about the wine he says he says the wine is symbolic of the truth the absolute truth 
of who he is. He says, when you repent and you fast and you pray, he says, I'm going to reveal to you greater truths of who I am. I don't want to lose you right here. In other words, he says, I'm going to give you greater revelation. You thought you knew me. He said, but you're about to experience me in a way that you never experienced before. Yeah, I'm not just the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm about to show you that I'm your God. He says, I'm about to do things that you never thought could happen in your life. Why? Because you, you totally submitted yourself to me. He says, not only wine, he says, but oil. Somebody shout oil. Oil represents anointing. He says, I'm about to rain down some anointing on your life. He says, I'm anointing you for the season that you're in. He says, don't worry about, thank you, Holy Ghost, don't worry about the devils you face in this season. He says, because I'm anointing you now for everything you're going to face in this season. He says, I don't care how many times you thought you lost that battle to that enemy before. He says, this year, I'm giving an anointing on your life that every devil you face going to already know it's a defeated foe. He says, you're going to walk into every trial and tribulation with a new confidence to know that your God is able. I need to hear somebody shout to say the things that trapped me last year. Come on, won't trap me this year. Come on, I'm an overcomer this year. If that's you, open up your mouth and give God a praise. Tell him, I'm an overcomer this year. Verse 25. Verse 25, he says, and I will restore. Hey, my God. I will restore. Restore. That means what was once there that was lost. He says, I'm, I'm going to bring that back. He says, he says to you, not the days. What? The years. Uh, say your job didn't pay you for a year. <laughs> How much would they owe you when it was your time for them to pay up? God says, for the years that that enemy destroyed those things. He says, everything what? The locust, the canker worm, and the caterpillar. All that today, the palmer worm, he says, my great army which will send them on you. He says, I'm about to restore that. God can restore your name. He can restore your position. He can restore you back to that place that you once was in him. And man, that made my spirit leave. Because if some of y'all like me, I remember when it seems like me and God were at a deeper place than we are right now. Not that you're sinning, but that place of intimacy that the woman of God spoke of. He says, I want to restore those years back unto you. My brothers and sisters today, God wants to do something remarkable in each and every one of us. Lord knows if I had it my way, we, we'd move on into this faith forward. And I would have preached on that today. And, but God says, first, we got to deal with the hearts of the people. And some of you today, listen, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to scare you. But I must say what the Lord said. The Lord told me to ask you, how many more chances do you think he's going to give you 
before judgment hits your house. He told me to ask you, how, how many times will you continue on in your sinful ways before he has to bring judgment to your house? I'm reminded that God gives us a warning before destruction. He loves us so much today that he gave you a word to get right. This, this ain't the word you maybe needed for, for the house and the business and the cars. All that's going to come. But, but you got to take care of first things first. So I, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want every eye closed. And I, and I simply want to pray. Because there was some of you came today with the mindset, I want to change my life. There was some of you that came today that says, listen, I know I need Jesus. And I ain't even going to try to sugarcoat that. There was some that came today and said, I want to start this year off right. And I want to do it by first repenting of my sins and asking Christ to come into my heart. And as I pray today, I just want you to have the boldness enough to step out from where you are and meet me at this altar. Because you don't have to leave this place the same way you came. Remember, God said before he's going to change your problem, he's going to change you. And there's somebody today you need a change in your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I don't know who it is. But you sent this message for somebody today. Once again, our desire is for you to pursue and obtain the greater destiny that God has in store for you. Be blessed.